Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Good morning, Vietnam! Sorry, I'm sorry. I've always wanted to start a podcast out that way. I apologize. Uh, This is Ken Ballard. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church, and I'm hoping that those of you who are listening are still listening, and I'm not turning it off wondering, am I at the right podcast? (laughs) For those of you that are unfamiliar with that opening phrase, it's actually from a Robin Williams movie called, I think think it actually is called Good Morning Vietnam. I believe that is called that. It's something along those lines. I know the word Vietnam is in it. (laughs) I I, I believe that. But um, I don't know, for some reason... I just got grabbed by that moment, and I just wanted to do it. And I probably will never do it again. Probably. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just, again, I, I'm just so excited that you're here, that you decided to spend some time with me, uh, whether it be, again, you're walking on a treadmill or running on a treadmill or you're sitting down, having a glass of wine while you're just hanging out and listening to the soothing voice of Ken Ballard. I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is that you're doing right now. And as you can tell, I'm in a very, very weird mood today. Maybe because Easter just happened. And I don't know about you, but I, I really do love this time of year. Not just for Easter, although Easter is awesome. I just love this time of the year. And I think one of the reasons why is because Easter is always connected with spring. And what spring represents is new life. So you see the trees starting to come back to life, or you see maybe flowers starting to bloom and all those other elements of the spring. And I, and I, and I love that. I also don't want us to miss the fact that Easter is in the time of spring. How ironic is that? We celebrate our new life in Jesus in the same season where there's new life. I mean, come on, you can't get any better than that. You really can't. And so I am, I'm, I'm so excited uh, that you're here spending this time with me. And I really do hope that you had an incredible Easter. I, I will say for us and our family, Easter was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a really great time uh, just being able to be together as a family and just, just hang out and die Easter eggs and do an Easter egg hunt, which is really great because my kids are still into it. And, and I'll tell you the secret. If you have older kids and you want your older kids to do an Easter egg hunt, here's the secret. Throw in some cash. Cash money. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how their perspective. It'll be like, oh, mom, I don't cash. All right, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> and then they'll go outside and the enthusiasm is all there. But it's just a lot of fun. So it was. It was just a great time to just kind of hang out and spend time with the family. And also just Easter Sunday, the morning. For me, it was a day just to kind of reflect. You know, Sunday is one of those days. Easter Sunday is one of those days where people are more likely to go to church than not. And so I woke up that morning really excited about the message that I had put together for Easter and 
the way that I thought it would speak to people. And I was also excited because I knew that there was a possibility that there would either be people in the congregation or people watching the live stream that just normally wouldn't watch or wouldn't be there on a Sunday morning. And, and that moment felt even more exciting to me that there's something exciting about the opportunity to realize like this, this is my one shot. This is my one shot for some people that will come that day or will watch that day to be able to communicate something that ultimately is life-changing. I mean, just the hope of Easter is just something that is so powerful and palpable. I mean, I mean, just think about this, that you have this opportunity where you, you look at your life, you look at your failures, your faults, your mistakes, your flaws, your shortcomings, your habits, your addictions. You, you look at all of those elements in your life and you look at those moments where you feel guilty and you have remorse for those decisions that you've made in your life. And then all of a sudden, this, this one day changes all of that. This one day introduces the opportunity for new life. It introduces the opportunity where the old me no longer has to define me or make me or move me or be me, that I can be completely new. That's the beauty and the hope of Easter. So maybe that's why I'm in a weird mood, because <laughs> I'm just excited about this time of the year and and what its message represents. And I pray that you're able to embrace that for your life as well. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna do something I don't typically do at this point of the podcast, but, but I, I feel like I need to. Father, I, I just wanna take this time out to pray for those who are listening to the podcast, whatever time they're listening to the podcast. And I pray that you would use this day or this podcast as, as just a reminder of just the incredible love that you have for us. And that you give us an invitation to be able to experience that love. And in experiencing this love, we get an invitation to experience your forgiveness, your renewal your hope, your freedom. We get a chance to spiritually step into the possibility of what life could be as we live out your created potential in our lives as well. And, and, and we celebrate the fact that because of the fact that your son went to the cross and died for us, that everything that stood in the way of our ability to become what it is that you created us to become, everything that stood in the way of that has now been removed by your son. And now it's just a reality of living life to make that declaration become the inspiration for us to live life the way that you've wanted us to so father I, I pray for the person who is wrestling with guilt shame remorse because of the imperfect moments and the imperfections in their life and i pray that that today would be a day that this moment would be a moment 
that they're able to embrace life anew. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. I did something that I've never done before. And so what I did was I ended a series on the same week that I launched a brand new series. And, and the message that I did, I, I felt like it really connected the two series together. So the first series that we're ending is called Ever Wonder Why. Um, and, and I know that, and I, and I do want to apologize for just the inconsistencies of posting the podcast over the last few weeks. I think it's like maybe one every other week that I've been doing. It's just, you know, trying to get ready for Easter. Things have been crazy. We've been going through some challenges in our family, so just be praying for us. But, you know, it's just interesting how those those moments all tend to combine and happen. And, and so we've, we've, we've been processing through those. But, and ever wonder why, what we, what we dealt with is just those questions that we find ourselves asking. Why? Why? Why would a loving God create hell? Why would a loving God allow bad things to happen? Why would a loving God allow suffering and evil in this world? Why would a loving God seem not to answer my prayer? Why would a loving God seem so distant? Why would a loving God allow me to continue to wrestle with what it is that I'm wrestling through? Why would a loving God? So, so we dealt with those, those questions. And then in starting this brand new series, what we've been looking, what we're going to be looking at is, is this idea of, I, I love watching HGTV and I love watching those rehab shows. And, and one of the reasons why I love watching them is because really what you can do is if you watch, you see the message of Easter in a rehab show. And, and here's what I mean, a, a remodeling show. But, but here's what I mean is you have this person that walks into the house with, and, you know, maybe it's a show like Fixer Upper. You see people doing this. There's another show called Good Bones. I, I think there's another one called The Rehab Addict that does this as well. But what happens is this person walks into a house and if you and I were walking to that house, all we would see are problems. All we would see are setbacks. All we would see are issues. All we would see are struggles. All we would see are the problems, the cracks, the smells. That's all we would see. But what's really interesting is when you get a person that's a rehabber and they walk into that house, they don't see what we see. What they see is the potential of what the house could be. And they begin to build that. And I wonder how many of us struggle in our relationship with God because all we see, again, are our faults, our failures, our flaws, our struggles, our setbacks. But I can tell you now what God does is God's a rehabber. And he looks at us and he sees that potential. He sees what could be. He dreams for us, and he dreams about us. And, and so my prayer is that we are able to embrace it. So what we're doing is over this series is we're looking at how God makes us new. But here's a question that we wrestle with, this one question I think is so important for us to ask, and it's simply this. Does God truly Love me. And, and here's, I think there's something even deeper to that question. Because here's, here's what this question is really asking is, am I confident? Am I confident that God loves me? Am I confident in that? Because there, there is a difference. Like when, when you know something in your gut, 
and not just in your gut, like when you know something in every fiber of your being, doesn't that cause you to look at the world differently? It doesn't matter what happened. Yes, I'm struggling with my weaknesses. Yes, people are coming at me, but I know this in every fiber of my being. I know it. It is, it is deeply rooted, deeply grounded in me. Yes, I may have doubt. Yes, I may have questions, but I still know it in every single fiber of my being that he loves me. Do you have that kind of confidence in your life? And we used to say it in, in the South, they, they would say the word gumption. And, and gumption was that thing where someone would do something and there was like this, like you got the gumption to do that? Like there's, there's this bravado that kind of comes with gumption. But gumption is fueled by this inner confidence that you have. So, so do you have the gumption that causes you to move through life knowing that Jesus loves you. Now, in this podcast, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to flip some things on their head. And I'm hoping that maybe what it will do is it will cause you to look at Christianity differently. And I know that I, I tend to do this a lot. But hopefully what you could do is you could begin to see, I guess, the perspective that I'm coming from. Because I think that there's something different when you know something in your bones. There's a freedom that you have when you have that kind of confidence. And, and, I, and I think about it this way. Think about it in a relationship between a husband and wife. When, when you are confident at your core that your husband or your wife loves you. And it doesn't matter what you go through, does it? For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, I am confident that my husband and that my wife loves me. Loves me. And I want to emphasize the sickness, the poor, the death. Those moments that could rock a relationship, it doesn't. Do that to someone who is confident at their core that they're loved by their spouse. And it doesn't matter what they go through, does it? it? It doesn't matter what they go through. It doesn't matter how hard it is, how difficult it is, how overwhelming it is. It does not matter because I know, again, in my bones that I am loved. So now let's take that and let's apply that to the spiritual dynamic of our relationship with God. Because I, I think that one of the mistakes that we have made in Christianity, I think that we have built a Christianity that is sometimes based on insecurity. But we mask that insecurity 
don't we? When I am told when it comes to my faith that I should never have doubts, that really is bred out of insecurity and a blind faith. Because even Jesus on the cross said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That doesn't sound like a moment where things are okie dokie. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't sound like Jesus is like, hey, I'm playing Monopoly right now. No, he was suffering. It was hard. It was the hardest moment of his entire life. It was, it was the mo one moment of his entire life that he was separated from his father. And the reason why is because when he took upon himself the sins and the brokenness of this world, it's not that he sinned. Jesus Christ never sinned. That's the one difference between he and us is he was tempted in the same ways that we are tempted, but he just did not sin. But when he was on the cross, he took all of our sins upon himself. And because all of that sin was on him, it separated him from his father. And for the first time in his life, he experienced that. So therefore he wrestled. But you know why he was able to say Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani? You know why he was able to say that? Because he knew. He knew that his dad loved him. He was confident in it. So what if we, what if we flipped the script and we began to move beyond the insecurities that we hide behind when it comes to faith? Now, I, I know that there are passages that will say, well, if you have enough faith and do not doubt, I know that you're going to come back to me, at me with that. I, and, I, and I give that. But if you go back and if you look at the kind of doubt that it's talking about, it's not talking about, it's talking about having the faith that do not doubt. It's the kind of doubt that, that God does not exist, that God does not move. That's the kind of doubt that it's talking about. But see, when I am confident of God's love for me, I am able to ask, does he really care for me? I'm able to ask that. I, and I know that he does. I know that he, I know that he does, and I, I know that he cares. I'm confident of that. But in those moments of struggle and weakness, when he seems so far away, God's okay with me asking that question. Why? Because he loves me. So what if we created a Christianity? Well, let me take that back. Because God's already created it. So what if we embraced, let me ask, I, I like that better. What if we embraced a Christianity that allowed struggle. I mean, because think about it. Think about all the people that you know that are insecure. And the one common element that you will see that they all have is this level of discomfort with the discomfort, <laughs> right? I, I try to hide behind my insecurity. I, I try to control the things around me 
due to my insecurity. I, I try to manipulate the circumstance due to my insecurity. I, I try to present myself as something I'm not due to my insecurity. I mean, I can, I can go through the list, and, and we can, of, of ways that we have seen people show themselves to be who they are because of the level of insecurity that they have. I, I love this. There's this one moment where a guy named Paul is talking about his relationship with God. And I've read this passage before, but when we look at it from this perspective, it, it just makes different. It, you just see it so differently. Each time he said to me, my, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's this confidence that I have. And my weakness makes me even more confident. That's the part of faith that I really want us to be able to embrace and allow ourselves to, to process and work through and deal with. And when I know that he loves me bones to bones, when I, when I, again, when it's in every fiber of my being, then my faith's okay when I go through those hard times. Matter of fact, maybe my faith is even stronger when I go through those hard times, those difficulty times, those difficulty times, those incredible English there, Ken. Thank you very much. <laughs> and my wife would cringe hear me say that, like, who, who taught you English? <laughs> <laughs> but in those difficult times, I, I can be confident in them. See, unfortunately, what we've done is we've built a faith that really is insecure. So those moments of doubts that are deemed unacceptable, those moments of worry are deemed unacceptable, those moments of frustration are deemed unacceptable. Those, And, and in actuality, those are the moments where God is at work most powerfully. So when I'm confident that he loves me, I can go through those shaky moments of faith and be all right. I welcome those shaky moments of faith because I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. So do you know, do you know bones to bones that God cares for you. So I think it's important. I think in God's economy, when you're weak, you're strong. And man's economy, our weakness is a weakness. In man's economy, you're weak when you're weak. <laughs> but God says, no, 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 no. It's the exact opposite of that. When you're weak, you're strong. When I come face to face with my weaknesses, when I, when I come face to face with my inadequacies, and I know that I'm okay because why? Because he loves me. He loves me. 
So then how do I know? How do I, how do I have the confidence that God loves me? I'm, I'm going to read a passage and we're going to walk through it together. And hopefully by the end of it, you will be able to know like, wow, God does love me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. I just pictured in my mind someone walking down the street, you know, with the rose petal. He loves me. He loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. That, that just kind of popped into my brain. Sorry. It's a flow of consciousness that's happening right now. I apologize for that. But I think we, we go through those moments. So how do I, how can I walk through life and not meet the rose? Because I already know the answer to that question. He loves me. How do I know that? In 1 John chapter 5, and I want to encourage you, if, if you're new to faith, or maybe you're not new to faith, go back and read through 1 John. 1 John is such an incredible book. Now, just to let you know, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the Bible, there are several Johns in the Bible. So the first John, not the first John that I'm talking about in this first John, but the, the very first John that comes up in the Bible, because I know that I just confuse as all get out. So there's a John that comes up in the beginning of the New Testament that's written, and that's called the Gospel of John. That's written by this same guy. And then later on, and the New Testament is the second half of the Bible. So four books in, you have a, it's called the Gospel of John. That's the very first appearance written by this guy. And then what happens is later on, he, he writes three letters to the church. And they're known as 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Those you will find more towards the rear of the Bible or more towards the rear of the New Testament or the second half of the Bible. So I would encourage you, go back. If, if you are brand new to reading the Bible and you've never read the Bible before, start with 1 John, then go to John, then read the rest of the Gospels, then start to work your way through the Bible. But it's a great place to start because it, 1 John is really great because it lays down the foundation of our faith and what it means to believe in him. But in 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Now think about that, a child of God. So what does it mean to be a child of God? Well, to be a child of God means that you're loved. Like, I love my children. I love my children. Two of them, I was involved in the physical birth of two of them we adopted. But I'll tell you, for all four of them, I would give my life for them at the drop of a hat. I would give my life before the hat was even dropped. Why? Because I love them. I love them. Flaws and all. I love them. And nothing will ever change that. Nothing will ever change the love that I have for my kids. So by being a child of God, that means that he loves you. He loves you. And all it takes is simply this. Everyone who believes, who believes that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the one. He's the one. He's the one who came. He's the one who died for our sins. And again, th this element is the one thing that makes Christianity so unique amongst other religions. Is that with him being the Christ, what makes him the Christ is the fact that he came on this earth. He lived amongst us. He died on the cross and he rose again for us. So just starting there, if we believe that and we accept that, then we're his children. And it says, and everyone who loves the father 
loves his children too. Why? I love the children of God because he loves them. He loves them. I love my siblings. I love them. Now, I'll be honest, some of them make it a little bit tough to love. <laughs> some of them, oh boy, oh boy. But I love them. I love them because he loves them. We're family. We are family. Sorry, couldn't resist. But I've not been resisting a lot at all for this podcast. I apologize. Uh, but, but we love him. And we love those who love. And then it says, we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his command, obey his commandments. So that's the start. That's the beginning of it. Love God and obey his commandments. Now, does that mean that we're perfect in our obedience? No, it, it does not mean that. But obeying his commandments, you know, I'm going to make the commitment. I'm going to do the best that I can to love him. And when I fail, I will come before him. And say, Father, I've failed. I, I, I've blown it. I've, I've made my mistakes. I've, you know, I said I wouldn't do this one thing again, and I did it again. Father, please forgive me. But I am moving towards growth. I am moving towards overcoming. We're going to do a series probably later on, maybe in the beginning of the fall, but we're actually going to walk through being able to see long-term change happen in our lives. We're going to dig into that a little bit more as well. And I know, I know... I, if you've been listening to me and listening to this podcast and listening to my message for any amount of time, you know those, there's a consistent theme that comes up, and that's one of them. It's one of them. And I think the reason why is because it's something that I'm always digging into. It's something that I'm wrestling with and I'm trying to figure out. And, and what I learn, I just want to share as well. Because I'm not, I'll tell you, I'm not perfect. My kids will tell you, Dad ain't perfect. My wife will tell you, I ain't perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell you she'll tell you I, I'm, I'm a work in progress but I, I hit those themes a lot because as I'm working on them hopefully I'm revealing what I'm learning and, and you'll learn and grow in your relationship with him as well loving God means keeping his commandments his commandments are not burdensome not burdensome now, you may be looking at, well, sometimes, Ken, it's, it's difficult to obey God. It's difficult to say no to what it is that I want to do. The idea of it not being burdensome is the outcome of it. Because it is true. Sometimes choosing to do the right thing is hard. And sometimes choosing to do the right thing has a cost. There's, there's no doubt about that. However, on the other side of doing the right thing, the long-term benefits of doing the right thing. When we look at it in our life, there are times where I've been tempted and then something happens and my thought is, oh, thank God I chose to do the right thing because this really could have blown up in my face. For every child of God defeats evil, defeats this evil world, and we achieve victory through our faith. So I, I want to hit that really, I want to hit that as well. Defeats this evil world. I, I want to make this really clear because sometimes I think we look at defeating this world by our actions, my actions, my actions. I will overcome the world. I, I can tell you now, the greatest victory that I've had in my life is when I recognized I don't have the power to beat this. 
I, I can't. I, 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 I can't. So, Father, I, I invite you to come in and help me through this thing. Because I just cannot do this on my own. Victory. Through faith. And ultimately, what is our faith in? It's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's the secret to defeating this evil world. It's just that belief in him and what he's done. And that belief hopefully filters in and begins to change the way that we think and the way that we act. And I think that this is why I want to go back and I want to talk about those weak moments of, of our faith. See, I think it's important that we don't deny that because, again, that's when God does the most work. But also, that's when we do the most growth. When I wrestle through those things that are difficult and hard, that's when I do the most growth. And he who can win this battle against the world, only those, sorry, let me go back. I just totally blew that one. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. So I, I love this. It starts with belief. It ends with belief. Verse 6, and Jesus Christ revealed, was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the spirit who is the truth confirms it with his testimony. Confirms it with his testimony. So when Jesus Christ was baptized, there's this point where he goes to a guy named John the Baptist who happens to be his cousin. And he gets baptized by John the Baptist. And, and the scriptures say that when he went under the water, when he came up out of the water, it said the Holy Spirit de descended in the form of a dove. And then it said that the Father spoke. It said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But now when we look at his resurrection, the Spirit testifies. Why? Because it is when Jesus rises again and then he ascends into heaven, that's when the Holy Spirit descends upon earth and upon all of us for those of us who choose to believe. And what that does is now that opens the door for us to begin to believe. We believe because the Spirit has led us to believe. Because the Spirit testifies with our spirit that Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. Jesus Christ rose for you. We believe that because we believe the Spirit and we believe his testimony. Verse 9, since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God and that God has testified about his Son. Verse 10, all who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. At verse 11, and this is what God has testified. Listen to this. Lean into this. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. How do you know we have the son? We believe and we've said yes. Yes to what? 
Yes, to a sense presence in our lives. Yes, to trying to live the best life that we can. And in those moments where we struggle, yes, to accepting him. Yes, to accepting his guidance. Yes, to allowing him to help us process and grow and develop and change. Yes. So all of that, all of this can lead us to this point that we have Jesus and in having Jesus, we have his love. If you are his child, if you have said yes to him, no matter what you feel, you can know bones to bones that you are loved by him. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. I really hope that you have been encouraged by it. Please, please, please join us for this series. Also, just to let you know, for those of you who are interested, is we are doing a food drive. So we're going to collect food, and once we get a certain amount of food, then we're going to have another distribution day where we'll pass it out to our community. So please, please, please come on and donate food. Also, for those of you who are listening, we are in a search for a part-time worship leader. Uh, so if you know someone who's gifted and talented and would love to be able to make a difference for God musically, uh, please let them know. They can head over to our website, church, encountercommunity.church, and then hit backslash job application, and they can apply for the position here at Encounter. And I would love the opportunity to be able to get to know. So if you know someone, please, 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 please share this with them as well. So again, thank you for allowing me to be on this journey with you. And as we love to say, encounters about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, let's make a commitment to love others the way that he loves us and love in. And when we love others and when we love God, it builds the way that we love ourselves. Well, take care. God bless you. We'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.